this is what leads to a lot of bodybuilders dying young. It, it quite often gets blamed on uh, anabolic wow. steroids. This excess carbohydrate is causing oxidative stress and glycation. And I think, I believe it's the excess carbohydrate that's causing this issue. This issue. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to episode 177 of the SupersetYourLife.com podcast, your weekly workout motivation to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym. Richard Smith is the UK's leading nutrition expert as seen on TV. He's also a professional natural bodybuilder, managing director of Keto Pro, and host of the Keto Pro podcast. We met a month ago at 2023 Carnivorathon, which he co-hosts with Stephen Thomas, the UK carnivore. Last week, we interviewed him on our other show, Carnivore Coaches Corner, Session 17, where he shared his life-changing transformation from being clinically obese, type 2 diabetic, chronically fatigued, and suffering constant migraines through his health and fitness career. So if you are unfamiliar with who this man is, I invite you to check out session number 17 of Carnivore Coaches Corner, available on all podcast platforms. Today, we are going to take a deeper look into his lifestyle and consider the more important victories, as he will be sharing the positive changes he's experienced concerning mental health, especially anxiety and depression. Proverbs 1530 states, bright eyes cheer up the heart, good news fattens the bones. That's a pretty literal translation. <laughs> uh, as we all know, the mind and body are deeply connected. This is a man who has mastered control over his body and his mind. Richard Smith, it is absolutely a pleasure. Welcome to the supersetyourlife.com podcast, sir. Quote, pleasure to be here as always. Thank you so much for having me back on again. Totally, brother. Big time. Um, for those that haven't heard your story, could you please give us just like a cliff note version of how you became a keto carnivore and what that's looked like for you the last 10 years? Yeah, sure. So the short version, um, I was once clinically obese, type 2 diabetic, suffered with chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety, arthritic pains, skin condition, uh, conditions. Um, Anxiety was crippling. Um, that was probably one of the worst things. Daily debilitating migraines would make me blind. Um, and in my mid to late 20s, I could barely walk up the stairs without stopping or being severely out of breath. And super long story short, I changed the food that I consumed. Um, I reversed my diabetes, lost uh, over 107 pounds. Uh, no longer suffered with depression, anxiety, arthritic pains, migraine-free um, and pain-free. And I went on from that to become um, a bodybuilder in men's physique and became British and European champion at a, at a pro level, which I've retired from now, by the way. I retired last, uh, last uh, May. Um, and now I've gravitated more into endurance type uh, events like uh, running and cycling. But that's probably a chat for another day. But in a nutshell, that's my, my journey so far. Absolutely. And you're a, you're a GBO champion, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. European. And British. <laughs> <laughs> what was the anxiety that you experienced previous to your current way of eating? Like, what did that what did that look like? Was it was it OCD? Were you like fidgety? Um, what? Yeah, so it the worst thing for me was never feeling worthy of the company of others if you like um mm. 
I can relate to that. My, yeah, it's an instability. My, my life was spent living in boxes. So I would leave my house in the morning to, um, to go to work. So I would jump into, into my box, my metal box. I would drive to a big box, my place of work. Uh, to which I would walk into a small box, my office, <laughs> inside the bigger box. And I would spend my day working and I wouldn't leave my box. I wouldn't go to the canteen with, you know, the you know fellow work colleagues. Um, Any time that I left my box, it would be to jump back into my metal box, to drive back home to my, my box that I lived in. So my life was spent living in, in boxes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go anywhere outside of my box unless I was with, you know, my wife. If we were going shopping or something, and she, you know, she needed help with with bags and things like that, but um, it was debilitating to the point where I wouldn't speak to my neighbours uh, in the street. So I would struggle to leave my house if I opened my front door, and if there was a neighbour in the garden, or if um, there was a car driving past, or I could see somebody in the distance walking up the street, I would literally stand behind the door waiting for that person to leave before I would walk back it out into my metal box <laughs> to drive to whichever the box I was going to. Um, and that is something that is incredibly debilitating, especially when you have children. So I have uh, now an eight-year-old daughter. She is nine this time next month. And I felt that I didn't want her to see the type of person that I was. I didn't want her to, to suffer with the same issues. Um, I wanted her to be happy within her life and to be confident. So, you know, I, I used to try to mask things. Um, I became uh, technically an alcoholic. So when I came home from working in my job as a purchasing manager, I would drink a glass of wine because I had a stressful day and I, and I thought that I, you know, I needed it to calm down. Um, one glass led to two, two glasses is nearly a bottle. So before long, I was drinking a bottle of wine a night that led into two bottles and soon became three. Um, and obviously with the price of wine, I wasn't buying any nice wine. So I was buying cheap stuff from the local corner shop, which was three bottles for 10 pound, um, which is cheap, disgusting wine. So not even nice wine to drink. Uh, I was either drinking <laughs> red that. wine or white wine. It's whatever was on offer. So it, whatever the offer was on, on the day, um, and whatever, it was whatever got stuff. the job done, got it. Whatever got exactly, um, whiskey. I used to drink, uh, if, if I was drinking whiskey instead of wine, it would be a liter of whiskey. Um, so I, I was technically a, an alcoholic, um, going by the, the, the amount of units that I was consuming. Um, I also became addicted to a prescription drug called tramadol. Um, my wife had an operation and she had to take tramadol after the operation, but she doesn't, she doesn't like taking medications. So to show her that there was nothing wrong with the medication that the, the doctor had prescribed, I took one with her the first time and it made me feel absolutely incredible, made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Um, and I noticed that it took away a lot of the anxiety that I was feeling. So, uh, when I did have to leave my house to go out into, into the big bad world, um, I would take tramadol and I became addicted to this tramadol, which I, I used to buy on the black market because it's, it's incredibly addictive. Um, so you know, the, um, the NHS in the UK will only issue X amount of, of tramadol per person for a set period of time. Um, 
and that's 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 where I was. I was yeah, you know, I, I was still an upstanding gentleman of, of society, if you like. I was still a nice person. I went to work. I done I done my job. I worked hard. But when I came home, you know, I drank wine to alleviate the feeling of depression, anxiety, and I had to take tramadol in order to to leave my house to go places. Um, you know, to take my little girl. My little girl was almost my safety blanket. You know. Um, but she was the driving force behind sort of wanting to to overcome most of these things. And and that's where um, I, I was led down to the lifestyle of becoming low carb and eventually carnivore. But, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. But that that's the that's the short version. <laughs> yeah, I just looked up Tramadol because I've actually been unfamiliar with it. I just bought a couple bottles of it, too. So thank you very much for the recommendation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it says it is. <laughs> it, it is addictive and has been associated with it with with addiction abuse and misused um, it is approved to treat moderate to moderately severe pain in adults so okay so it's a so it's a painkiller basically that's also addictive got it but yeah also you mentioned the word canteen that, that's yeah you mentioned the word canteen earlier um, just as a as, as a as, as a language barrier that's not a word that we're like super familiar <laughs> with over here um so it's defined so, as a restaurant provided by an organization such as a military camp, college, factory, or company for its soldiers, students, staff, etc. Spot on. Basically so, where yeah. you guys go on your lunch yeah. break, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I used to take my lunch break sitting by my desk. So that's uh, that's the sad life that I used to leave, lead even. But right. um, yeah, I mean, this this is what anxiety and depression does to you. Um, for no reason whatsoever, you know, you're constantly unhappy and you never feel yeah. fulfilled despite having, you know, a loving family, um, and, and a group of supportive friends. It's, um, um, people will quite often say, you know, snap out of it, uh, but they don't understand what causes, uh, you know, to, to the, the cascade of events and that lead into anxiety and depression. But when you understand the mechanism behind it, um, these are things that we can change um, and you don't need medication in order to do so. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to everything that you're talking about. D does it um, I, I just I just I describe it as not feeling good enough, even though uh, like, like you, I, I, I have a five year old son, a three year old daughter that both love me, but I never feel like I'm a good enough dad. Right. Yeah. And and I'm a recovering perfectionist, as they say, I think bodybuilders were kind of prey to that that right because to get on stage i mean you have to be perfect in every single um, aspect of your physique and if and if you're not then the judges will bring it to your attention and you're not going to win <laughs> yeah. and then uh, and, and i think that's great because you you develop all these habits and it makes you a, and it makes you better in so many other areas of life but that perfectionist mentality can keep you from realizing how far you've come i think yeah but it's you know i don't know if you've noticed the same but um a lot of competitors, um, you know, we think that because they are ripped and shredded and on stage in their pants that they they love their physique and, and they love themselves. But what I found during, um, you know, my journey is quite the opposite. Um, I mm -hmm. think, in fact, out of every competitor that I ever met, I can only honestly say that I met two that I think fit into that box, into that category. What I found was that most competitors actually hated the way they looked. Um, this is why they train so hard. Um, it's almost looking for that, um, you know, that that uh, justification or that um, uh, that judge to say, you know, your physique is good. You know, you're almost up there to to prove a point and uh, and working hard to overcome all of these insecurities. And I think that's um, 
yeah, that was a, a, a big thing that I noticed. Most competitors are actually quite insecure in regards to their physique, and, and that's why they train and work so hard, you know? Exactly. What was what was your was it was it hard to get off of antidepressants? Um yeah, I I took um antidepressants and beta blockers and whatever else for uh for, for a little spell. Um they almost turn you into a zombie and, and shut you down. I didn't mm-hmm. like the feeling, but I loved the feeling the tramadol gave me. Um highly addic- a lot of people can't get on with it because it gives you this like um itchy skin but it was like for me it was almost like a warm fuzzy feeling underneath the skin that i, I quite enjoyed like a, you know a, 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 a scratchy feeling and that makes you feel warm and fuzzy uh, Sound, so sounds I, sounds like you're sounds like you're baked on thc and you probably had a pre-workout that, ha- that has like uh, beta alanine in it that's kind that's of what it. it sounds like you're describing <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> well, so there we are there's your home concoction of uh, of tramadol but it used, to, it used to make me feel good um, so I, I gravitated down that way over, you know, the antidepressants. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a dark hole. It's, it's a tough place to get out of, but the good news is that when you understand the mechanisms behind what causes these things, um, you can change them. Um, which, you know, we can go into a little bit of detail about, you know, t- in today's podcast, if you wanted to, because I genuinely believe that this is predominantly food related. Um, in fact, you know, if not predominantly, um, you know, I believe it's, it could potentially be 100%. Um, yes, you know, we feel happy and sad depending on circumstances and things are going on within our life. But as a species, we want to be happy. You know, we're not designed, we're not predispositioned to be depressed and and feeling anxious. Um, you know, these, these things like depression, anxiety, they they barely existed a hundred years ago. Uh, but now in, in today's you know, society is is absolutely rampant. But what's changed? The only thing that's changed um, is the food that we eat, and the food we eat affects the way that our brain functions. Um, our brains create neurotransmitters, um, and it does so through uh, converting certain amino acids um, like tyrosine and tryptophan. Um, Tyrosine uh, creates uh, uh, catecholamines and indolamines, or tyrosine creates the catecholamines. And uh, tryptophan will create the indolamines. The catecholamines are things like dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Um, and the indolamines are things like serotonin. So these are, are neurotransmitters that we need the body to make. Um, but in order to create these neurotransmitters, we need specific cofactors, things like iron, zinc, and vitamin B12, amongst, uh, amongst others. Um, now, the issue is that what we consume within our food massively affects our body's ability to create um, and process these these neurotransmitters. Um, so, for example, let's look at um, a, a vegan a vegan diet. And this this isn't for, for you know any of your listeners that are potentially vegan. You know, I know it's a carnivore. Don't don't worry, don't worry about it, mate. They've pre- they've probably pretty much all unsubscribed by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There we are. Fair enough. But look, look, you know, if, if anybody is out there who is, is, is on your show looking at potentially moving into a more animal-based lifestyle and they are, um, you know, heavily vegan or vegetarian, um, it's quite likely that they are not very happy people um, because, as I said, the cofactors involved with creating these neurotransmitters are things like iron, zinc, and vitamin B12. Um, iron does not exist in a, in a vegan diet. 
what a vegan will argue is that um, they eat a lot of spinach and spinach contains iron. But Popeye was lying to you. <laughs> you know, I hate to break everyone's heart. Iron is it does it is contained in um, in spinach, but it's a non-heme iron, and the human body needs heme iron, so we can't actually obtain any iron from from the spinach. Uh, things like zinc. Um, yes, we can get that from from you know. Uh, uh, a vegan-based diet, but vitamin B12, cabalamin, we cannot. Vitamin B12, uh, we can only get from animal proteins. So yes, you can supplement with cabalamin. Um, there are various different types of supplements like cyanocobalamin and methylcobalamin, but cyanocobalamin contains a cyanide molecule, which can't be a good thing. So if you are supplementing no. method, no, <laughs> certainly not. Um, if you are supplementing methylcobalamin is the type that you want to go for. But the beauty is if you were eating animal proteins, you were getting lots and lots of cobalamin from, from a natural source. Um, but it's not just enough to eat or consume these these foods like zinc, iron, magnesium, vitamin B12, because what we consume them with has a massive impact on how they are assimilated within the body. So yeah. zinc, for example, can be blocked. Zinc, iron, and magnesium can be blocked by as much as 100% when co-consumed with phytic acid. So anything that contains phytic acid can block the absorption of these by as much as 100%. So if you have these items on your plate, it's not just enough to be consumed in that one thing because what you're consuming it with um, can, can block that absorption by 100%. Things that contain phytic acid are things like grains, nuts, and seeds, um, you know, and peas, and, 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 and lots of other things that are, are consumed within the vegan wow. and, and vegetarian community. Um, can I stop you? All... Can I stop here? Uh, stop here a quick sec, please. For sure. I know that I know that when you when you take someone that's going from a plant based diet to an animals animal based diet before even taking carbs out. Correct me if I'm wrong. You take out grains and um, and anything that has phytic acid for that reason, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So yeah, the the biggest bang for your buck is removing, um, and and they're probably on, excuse me, probably on a level playing field, um. These lectins are detrimental to your health. Mm -hmm. So lectins are carbohydrate binding proteins that we consume in foods that we that we eat. Um, obviously, not you and I, but um, in, in wheat, for example, it's um, wheat germaglutinin. Uh, and what happens is wheat germaglutinin binds to the enterocytes line in the gut. Now, the enterocytes are one cell thick. Their job is to protect our insides against external toxins. So they've got a massive job for something that's so small. But when these lectins come in, in the form of wheat germaglutinin, they bind to the enterocytes line in the gut. They cause the release of a molecule called zonulin. And zonulin release causes a gap in the tight junction between the epithelial cells, which we don't want. This allows undigested protein molecules to travel into the bloodstream where they shouldn't be. And the body will create antibodies to fight them. The issue with this is through a process called molecular mimicry, the body then starts attacking other proteins in the body that look the same. This is autoimmune disease. If you know anyone who suffers with an autoimmune issue, it comes from this intestinal permeability and it's more than likely caused through the lectins in the food that they are eating. Uh, and typically people who suffer with autoimmune issues consume lots of you know, cereals, breads, pastas, rice. All of these contain wheat germaglutinin. Um, mm -hmm. So gluten is, is, a, is a type of lectin and that's the one that gets all the airtime, but it's not the only, it's not the only lectin. And other, other plants contain lactins as well in the form of phytohemagglutinin. Um, so this would be, you know, things like peas. And in fact, all vegetables contain some form of, of phytohemagglutinin. And it has a similar impact on, on, on the gut. Um, 
Lectins have been shown to travel up the vagus nerve and cause neurodisruption in the brain, leading to things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. Uh, and there are other factors involved, uh, again, as well, which, you know, are... Um, um, they are involved in the same mechanism that causes anxiety and depression, which we'll go into now. But that's why removing lectins, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck because these lectins will also bind to insulin receptors and they will cause the body to store five times more fat than the effect of insulin alone. So when you consume food that contains carbohydrate, um, so to put that into perspective, if we had a bowl of muesli or cereal that contains, say, 100 calories, um, and we had a piece of steak that contained 100 calories. So cereal for breakfast or steak for breakfast. This cereal contains carbohydrates. So it's going to elicit an insulin response, which is mm -hmm. going to upregulate. Um, it's going to activate uh, hormone sensor, uh, lipoprotein like base, which breaks the bonds in the glycerol backbone uh, and signals the body to store fat. That's what insulin does. It breaks the bonds in glycerol backbone, tells mm -hmm. the body to store fat. Now, these lectins will bind to insulin receptors and cause five times more fat storage than that fat uh, that, that effect of insulin alone. So in, in theory, that bowl of muesli is, is storing five times more fat than that piece of steak does. So this is why the caloric value is highly flawed, amongst other reasons. Um, this is why we cannot go on, on, on calories because the, the, the effect of insulin and lectins and, and, and various other things which are in podcasts that I've discussed with various people, including Professor Bart Kay. Um, but these lectins are detrimental. They're not good for us. So if you can remove those, uh, even over carbohydrate, you, you're going to see an improvement in your health. And then parallel to that are the vegetable oils, the seed oils, which are high in an oxidized omega-6 called linoleic acid, which causes more insulin resistance than carbohydrates do, around 6% more insulin resistance. Unfortunately, almost everything in the supermarket contains some form of vegetable or seed oil. It's almost impossible to get away from. Every sugary treat, yeah. every cake contains this, um, you know, this, uh, this, these seed oils high in this oxidized omega-6. Um, that's and they, why and going... They put, they, they, and they put malto, and they put maltodextrin in it too to jack up your insulin to make sure that you store all those fats, which is the last thing that you want with all those. So we definitely exactly. don't have, you know, any, anybody working, working, working against us that wants, that, that, that wants to make us sick and, and wants to make us go to the doctor, right? <laughs> no, we'll leave conspiracy <laughs> theories for off, for off the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. At risk of getting the, the, the channel blocked, um, which uh, I, I, I can attest to. Yeah. But it's, um, look, you know, the, these foods are, are detrimental. Um, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, over carbohydrate, that's why I push those two things, uh, over, over anything else. But, um, you know the the wheat germ gluten in uh, in itself is 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 incredibly detrimental to our health. But foods that contain the wheat germ gluten in quite often contain this phytic acid as well. And between the two of them, they'll block the absorption. So the wheat germ gluten in will bind to the microvilli line in the gut. So our microvilli are like little fingers, and we have all of this surface area to absorb nutrients. But what happens is when we contain uh, or consume, sorry, um, lectins like wheat germ gluten in, it binds. To the to to the cells on on the on the um, uh, on the epithelial cells, the enterocytes that line the gut on the microvilli, and it reduces the surface area. So now instead of having all of this surface area to absorb nutrients, we've got that. So it's been massively reduced. So between the lectins wow. and the phytic acid, we're massively reducing. So if we look at a typical Is bodybuilder diet. I'm sorry. Is that why you were saying earlier before we started recording that my gut has probably been healed because it's been four or five months since I've had any vegetables at all? Yeah. So when we okay. remove the lectins, 
um, the, the gut heals because it's the it's the binding of these lectins, the carbohydrate binding proteins that bind to our, our DNA. They bind to our cells and then they cause gaps in the tight junction between the epithelial cells, which we don't want. And when we remove mm-hmm. these lectins, the cells close the gap and our gut is healed. Now we no longer suffer with uh, leaky gut. And now these autoimmune wow. issues that we've been heavily dependent on medications for, for years and years and years um, disappear in, in weeks. And it sounds like witch doctor stuff, um, but this is, mm-hmm. this is basic you know, bi- biology. Um, this is, and it makes perfect sense. These are the foods we eat have a massive impact on the way that the body functions. If you put the wrong fuel in your car, your car doesn't work as well as it should. Um, exactly. It doesn't work as well as it could. So we need to fuel the body right. But unfortunately, grains, nuts and seeds, and you know certain vegetables, you know, if not all of them, <laughs> depending on how far down your journey you are, uh, you know, they're not good for us. They're not. It, it's it's a massive misconception. We're told Correct. that fruits and vegetables are high in in all of these nutrients, but they're not. Um, they're a very poor source of nutrients, and what little they do contain um, are often blocked and negated by the compounds that are, are contained within these fruits and vegetables. Meat, animal proteins are the most nutrient dense food on the planet. So, if we look at a typical bodybuilder diet, chicken and pasta, or chicken and rice. Um, now, there is sweet a potatoes. caveat, sweet <laughs> potato, yeah, which are high in lectins and phytic acid also. So um, that chicken, for a start, uh, is chip, a, a typically lean chicken, so it doesn't contain the fat. Now, uh, the amino acids that we can consume within the protein, we need, um, we need bile in order to elicit that absorption. We need um, fat to allow us to absorb those amino acids and our fat soluble vitamins like vitamin uh, A, D, and K. So we need fat. Fat co-ingested with protein increases muscle protein synthesis. So carbohydrate does not increase muscle protein synthesis despite an increase in serum insulin. Uh, but co-consumption of fat does elicit a further uh, increase in muscle protein synthesis. So we need fat to absorb amino acids and we need fat to absorb um these uh, fat-soluble vitamins. Yes, you can still absorb the aminos and, and these vitamins, but it's a lot lower. So that, that's a big thing that these, these bodybuilders are doing. One, they're consuming lean protein and you want fatty protein. And the next thing is the things that they're consuming them with, as you say, potato, bread, pasta, rice, they contain these lectins and phytic acid, which are blocking the absorption of many of the nutrients within that food. So they become mm-hmm. fit, strong, and muscular in spite of, not because of. However big that they are, when they are consuming these foods, they would be bigger and stronger if they took out the carbohydrates, they ate fatty cuts of protein, uh, and they co-consumed it with with fat and not with um, these foods that contain these lectins and phytic acid. So the the standard bodybuilding diet is absolutely counterintuitive. And I think this is why, you know, you and myself included within the community have seen um, you know, such a, a quick increase in, in muscle gain, um, despite not using anabolic supplements, uh, which again, most of these people and competitors do. And I'm not against that, you know, that's a personal yeah. choice. Um, but you know, we have seen big gains in, in, in muscle mass, um, while managing to stay incredibly lean, not having to put our bodies through the, these detrimental, uh, you know, refeeds and, um, uh, bulking phases, you know, it's, I didn't have a bulking phase. There was no bulking phase. There was, um, no, you don't need you know, to. It, 
No, you don't need people. Yeah, people, can... people think they're built. People think they're building muscle faster when they have carbs because carbs are making them retain water. They're make they're they're they're, they're making they're making them appear bigger, and maybe it gives you a little more leverage on a big lift or something. But I agree with you 100%. Carbs aren't aren't required to build muscle. I can I can attest to that personally. The number one question I get asked is, do I need is do is do you need carbs to build muscle? I get asked that all the time. It's freaking annoying. And my response to that is always, no, you need protein and you need fat, and you'll probably build muscle faster without carbs. Not to mention that when you when you go to cut, you're going to have way less work to do on the back end because you didn't get fat when you bolt. Yeah, spot on. So I, I, um, yeah, hundred percent, totally agree. And I used to gain weight do you know during the so-called bulking phase, mm-hmm. but I was always ripped and shredded. You know, being chunky for me was still ripped with abs. Um, you know, there's a difference between uh, you know off season. Well, there is no off season. There's just you know there's building season and then there's cutting season, competition right. season. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no off season. People used to throw that word around. Oh, what are you doing in the off season? Well, there is no off season. You know, I'm training hard, ready for next year's comps. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> there is no off season. <laughs> it, this, um, this, this is not, this is unlike any other sport. Yeah, you, and you work hard all year round. You know, so it uh, it is it is a tough sport. But when people say to you, you know, do you need if, carbs to build muscle? Just show them your picture and say, I don't eat carbs. What? Do you, do? <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's that, that that's why they ask. They're like, you're eating carbs, right? I'm like, no, I haven't had carbs in a long time. Probably never will again. Yeah. Um, if, exactly. if what if what we're if what we're saying is true about bodybuilding, that bodybuilders would be better off without carbs, which I believe. Um, why do you think that we're still in the minority as carnivore bodybuilders? I, I believe it's the way of the future, especially with natural bodybuilding. Why do you think that so many athletes still use the five meals a day, eat as much fiber as you can. Uh, the more volume, the, the, the more volume, the better. Why is that still so popular? Because that is 99.9% of the community. So if you look at a typical bodybuilder on social media, they are pushing the sugary drinks. They're probably um, sponsored by some sort of sugar company or some supplement company that uses lots of carbohydrate. Um, that's all they've ever known, and that's what they've achieved. And they've achieved what they've achieved. Fantastic. I take my hat off to anybody that, that can get into a, an incredible condition and a condition in which they can compete on stage. Sure. Um, you know, credit where it's due, and I take my hat off to them for it. But it doesn't mean that it's optimal. So that's all they know. Um, so when people say, well, what have you done? This is what I've done. So that's what they do. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. within um, you know our sport, there are very few carnivore athletes mm-hmm. to compare to. Um, now, when I won the British Championship, a friend of mine, um, who was a police officer, uh, believe it or not, um, he competed as um, a natural bodybuilder uh, in in the same category as me, but in in um, you know men's physique, but in a different different category. Um, so he was in a different age bracket to me. He also competed in that one with another keto bodybuilder. So there was three of us at the British Championship. I won the British Championship. So I won my category. This gentleman won his category and the other keto guy came second to him. So out of, as a percentage, we, we were probably less than 1% of all of the competitors in that competition. <laughs> Yet we, we, we came in, you know, first and second between the three of us and had that other guy that came second competed in a different one, then it's quite likely he would have won his as well. So, wow. That, that's amazing. That says, way, way to represent, bro. That's inspiring. Exactly. That's really cool. You know, 
But yet you speak to somebody and it's like, oh, well, you know, there's there are excuses. There's always an exception. Um, maybe, maybe you're genetically gifted, you know, and it's like, no, it's not the case. I am not genetically gifted. If you saw pictures of me when I was clinically obese and you saw pictures of, of my old man who, who's died now of heart complications, he was morbidly obese. I do not come from a good gene pool. My, my genetics are incredibly poor, but I beat my genetics. I've switched on a different set of, of genes through something called epigenetics, which is controlled through diet um, and lifestyle. So I, I compete wow. now in running and cycling. And I've got a Garmin, a Garmin watch, which measures my VO2 max, uh, my heart rate, amongst all of these metrics. And it tells me what I'm capable of running um, at an estimated best effort, basically, on 5K, 10K, half marathon, etc. Um, and it tells me that based on my metrics, uh, based on my, my VO2 max, my heart rate variability, my, um, uh, my, my heart rate, um, uh, whatever else it, looks, it takes into account, it tells me that my best expected effort on a 5K is 23 and a half minutes, give or take. Now I I have I've run a 5k in 18 minutes 45. Um so nearly 5 minutes quicker than my Garmin is telling me that my body's capable of. Am I fit? No, so, I don't so I don't averaging think. so you're averaging like 6 minutes a mile. That's booking. Yeah. For 5k, yeah. So it uh, and in fact on a half marathon that I did a few months ago, I averaged 7 minutes 7 miles. Um so just over one and a half hour for a half marathon. Yet, my Garmin tells me that my best expected effort is just under two hours. Um, now, I've achieved these numbers, so my Garmin should be saying, well, actually, you've run these, so these are your best expected efforts. But because it's working <laughs> on these metrics, it still tells me that these are my best efforts. Now, it's not because I'm fit. It's because I'm carnivore. My body produces ketones. Ketones are a much more uh, efficient fuel source. My body basically mm -hmm. gets more bang for the buck. I can do a lot more uh, off the ketones than anybody can do off the carbs, off the glucose. Um, so it's not because I'm fitter than that person. It's because my body is more efficient. Um, and that's what it is with, with, you know, in regards to bodybuilding. I'm not genetically gifted. My body can just go places that a carb athletes cannot go to um, because we are fueled by ketones. We are fueled by beta hydroxybutyrate and we are fueled by fat. Uh, we are fat burners, so it's easy for us to shred. It's easy for us to build, mm -hmm. and we can we can outperform those stats. So, I've gone off on a tangent there a little bit, but it's when people say about genetics, it's not genetics. It's to do with our lifestyle, and everybody that lives mm -hmm. this lifestyle reaps the benefits and sees an improvement in health, well-being, athletic performance, and it is the future. It is the future of athletic performance, and people are falling into it. Um, there are a lot of professional athletes out there who are performing uh, at a world-class level and smashing it, but mm -hmm. they are carnivore and keto on the quiet because they don't want to be ostracized from the community. One of which I work with, I work with a professional cyclist who is an incredible athlete. He won't promote me or my products or the lifestyle because in fear of being ostracized and kicked off his team because um, they are all sponsored by sugar companies and if he if he were to say that taking sugar is no good, then they would they would sack him from the team. 
um, which is a sad state of affairs, basically. And unfortunately, yeah. this is this is the that, society that, 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 that's, that sounds to be a that sounds to be a huge lack of integrity, in my opinion. Yeah. And I lack agree. of maturity. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, question, so, question for you on insulin. Um, it's it's believed by a lot of people that you need it to build muscle specifically like right after workout and that you need um, and that and that you need a high glycemic index carbohydrate to be able to do that, which is why these sugary uh, products are so heavily marketed and, um, and and appealing to bodybuilders. They're also highly addictive. They also taste delicious. Um, when I ran that by Bart K, he said that the insulin that you get from just eating protein is more than enough to be able to store Correct. that as as muscle tissue and that anything else would be overkill. Do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yes, insulin is important. We all would be dead without insulin. It's, it's a very important hormone within the body, carries lots of, of different functions, um, and it's essential for life. Glucose is not, at least um, exogenous glucose. The body creates any glucose that it needs for a process called gluconeogenesis, and gluconeogenesis is demand-driven. The body will create any glucose that it needs. Leucine is an amino acid found in protein. Leucine is um, ketogenic, um, but it also elicits an insulin response uh, and uh, it activates mTOR. So for us to build muscle, we need to activate mTOR. Around three grams of leucine will activate mTOR and allow us to build muscle. So if you want to maximize um, muscle building, then we need to activate mTOR and we need to activate it at specific times. So if... Um, we could supplement with a leucine supplement. So leucine is a supplement that, that I think is worth taking. Uh, although if you were consuming lots of protein, then you probably don't need to. Um, mm -hmm. But it is one of the ones on the market that I think is 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 not. Are we allowed to swear on the show? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can say yeah. whatever you want, pal. <laughs> Brilliant. So it leucine isn't bullshit. Um, it's. It, it's a quality amino acid found in all the proteins. And it, if you are going to supplement with it, that's, that's one that I would say is, is, is worth supplementing with. I, I don't currently uh, because I'm carnivore. I get everything I need from, from the meat. Um, but leucine is certainly one. Creatine is another that I, I, I do think is fantastic. Um, but three grams of leucine, we need to elicit uh, an mTOR reaction. So that can be if, from supplement, three grams. Uh, if we are getting it from animal proteins, depending on the source of protein, it's anywhere between 30 to 50 grams of, of, of animal protein, um, which is easily achieved. Now, if we activate mTOR, mTOR will last around, an mTOR activation will last around three and a half to four hours. So if we strategically consume food every four hours, then we will elicit um, this mTOR reaction based on the mTOR reset which means that we can elicit throughout the day four, four mTOR reactions, uh, which means we are going to build muscle a lot quicker than eliciting one mTOR reaction, which is what a typical bodybuilder will do. A bodybuilder yeah. will, will consume food, they'll eat every two hours, and they will they'll maintain this mTOR reaction, which allows them to build muscle. But we can't be in a state of increased mTOR continuously. We need AMPK. We need to be in uh, a state of, of autophagy and... and um, uh, a non-mTOR state, if you like. And, and I think this is what leads to um, a lot of bodybuilders dying young. So mm -hmm. it, it quite often gets blamed on uh, anabolic wow. steroids. 
Yeah. But I think it's more to do with the excess carbohydrate. This excess carbohydrate is causing oxidative stress and glycation. And I think, I believe it's the excess carbohydrate that's causing this issue. This issue. Uh, because the mTOR reaction that they are getting is elicited through IGF-1. Excess IGF-1 um, uh, activation is linked with cancers, tumors, and all sorts of other nasties in the body. Yes, IGF-1 is important, uh, but we can activate mTOR directly through protein, through leucine. We do not need to do it through IGF-1, which is what we do when we consume protein. So we don't need to activate mTOR through carbohydrate. We can elicit that insulin response and mTOR activation through protein alone no carbohydrate required. So if you were to technically, let's say we were going to consume our last meal at 8 p.m. and then we were going to train at 8 a.m., then we can elicit an mTOR reaction at 8 a.m. And then if we were to wait four hours after that before eating, then we would elicit another one. And then we, if we waited four hours, we could elicit another one and wait four hours, we could elicit another one. So technically we can fast for 16 hours um, granted, the whole 16 isn't in um, uh, a state of autophagy because we're activating mTOR through training, but we're still in a fasted state to some degree. So we're still going to benefit from um, you know, the benefit of, of brown fat activation and lipolysis. But then the 12 hours might give us this activation of, um, of autophagy and mitophagy. But we're fasted. And then we've also elicited four mTOR reactions, which means that we're going to build muscle a lot quicker than, uh, than anybody else so we're benefiting from the increase in testosterone and human growth hormone through the fasted state and then the mTOR activation through training, because that's what training does, activates mTOR, and through eliciting this mTOR reaction through the leucine in the food that we eat. And that's what that, that was my protocol when I was bodybuilding. Um, I'd structure wow. my meals around that, you know, and I, I'd, I would change it up. Um, but basically, that's what my day was spent um, mm -hmm. on, on, on a typical day. So glucose, not required. Insulin is essential, but it's important to understand that um, what activates insulin uh, is also incredibly important. Wow, absolutely brilliant. Is that why spreading your meals out throughout the day, you can expect to see faster muscle gains? And then when you're cutting, even if you consume the exact same amount of protein and the exact same amount of fat, but you consume it all in one meal, it's a bit slower of a boat to build muscle that way. Would you agree? Yeah, I I think so. I think it's to do with that mTOR activation. And um, again, if we if we elicit those responses through that mechanism that I just described, then we can still fast. Um, you know, we're still spreading the meals out. You don't have to eat three times in a day. You know, you you could you could do you know two mad and eat twice a day, um, which is basically what I tend to do on a, on an average day. Is I eat I eat twice a day. You know, um, that's kind of settled too. Yeah, it just seems to fit. What what I find is that you know we we are fast and feast animals, so we're meant to, we're mm. meant to feast. But it makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, if I, I I can eat a lot, I love my food. You've probably seen from some of the Instagram posts I've done with tomahawk steaks and everything else. Um, I I oh, can yeah. eat, but yeah, <laughs> as you do. Um, but <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, eat, I'm the same way, man. <laughs> Like three, three, I love, three I love four pounds of steak. Three, three, four pounds of steak. I'm licking my plate clean. I'm looking for more, and I'm sad when it's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I love my food. So I, I'm, I'm addicted to food. But I've just, I've just changed the food that I'm addicted to. So I love my food. But if I eat everything in one meal, I feel bloated. I feel uncomfortable. It takes longer to go through my system, and then it affects, you know, my mood because my belly's poking out. It hurts when I'm running because it causes back pain. Then if it's um, right before bed, then your sleep isn't what it should be. 
Yeah, but do, do you know, I, I eat not long before bed. And the reason I do okay, that I'm, is I'm, because... I'm, I'm glad because I'm, I'm the same way too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we're told not to eat before bed. The body heals and repairs mm-hmm. when we're sleeping. So I, I eat not just before, but I do eat maybe an hour, max two hours before bed. And if I don't, nice. I don't sleep. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate of eating, um, you know, clo- mm-hmm. close to bedtime. This whole thing about not eating too late. Yes, don't eat carbohydrate too late, but protein and fat, well, why not? You know, what does the lion or the cheetah do in the wild? It doesn't kill its its prey and then leaves it until it's, you know, it, it's ready to eat. It eats it <laughs> and then it falls asleep. It doesn't you sit know? there and go, hmm. I'll probably sleep better if I just like wait until yeah. wait, like <laughs> sleep next to it and guard it. And then in the morning, like I, I, I got to have my breakfast in the morning, make sure I have some oatmeal, make, make sure I have my carbs ready to go in the morning. Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, what does the cheetah do after eating his meal curls up and falls asleep, you know? So yeah. it, um, to me, it just seems to make perfect sense. It seems to work best for me. It, it may not be suited to everyone, but I'm certainly not against eating, um, just before bed. Um, yeah, no, I got, yeah. I got I got to bet on a I got I got to bet on a super full stomach every single night and have for and have for quite some time and um, I guess now I feel a little bit better about it because everybody says that you shouldn't eat too close to bed and I'm like it, I don't know man it feels right like I'm I'm not hungry until right before bed and then bam, bam that's when I have um, if it, if it's if it's two meals a day the first meal is usually small and just kind of like enough to stimulate mTOR around 40 grams of protein make sure my fats are always a bit higher than that so I'm still in ketosis and then. Um, probably like four hours later, I try to fit it within a six to eight hour window or as small of a window as possible. And then I just feel great by the tail end of the fast the next day. And then not, not even remotely hungry until, until, until when I normally eat. Yeah. Spot on. So cool. yeah, it, uh, and it works, you know, you're, you're, uh, uh, a perfect advert for the keto carnivore lifestyle. Um, so yeah, it, it you know the food we eat has massive impacts on on the way the body um, body works. But I mean, circling back to this mm-hmm. anxiety and depression, there's um, there's a number of factors that that contributed to me healing, um, you know, uh, or, or reversing this anxiety and depression. And it comes back down to these neurotransmitters, the catecholaminergic uh, neurotransmitters. Um, so as I, as you know, as we touched base earlier, the, uh, the catecholaminergic neurotransmitter synthesis re- uh, needs um, tryptophan, tyrosine, and cofactors. Uh, the food we eat blocks these cofactors. So even though you were consuming certain foods, you were blocking the body's ability to absorb uh, and create these neurotransmitters. Um, one in particular um, is dopamine. Now, we are hardwired to chase dopamine, um, mm-hmm. and we should be producing it naturally. But if we are unable to produce dopamine, we will find it from other sources. So what do we do? Well, we can procreate because that will give us a dopamine hit. Uh, n- not always our choice, though. <laughs> so, you know, so, so what's, what's the next easiest available thing? Well, it's, it's a sugary treat or carbohydrate because uh, a cake, a biscuit will give us mm-hmm. this dopamine fix. Um, and that's what we do. And then we do right. that and we feel good. So we do it again. We eat more. All of, all of the, you know, the while the, the foods we are consuming are blocking, again, the body's ability to create these neurotransmitters, blocking our body's ability um, to create all of these, um, you know, uh, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine, serotonin, melatonin, um, everything the body needs. Um, so and we that, go that's back why, for that's more. That's why they call it. 
that's why they call it comfort food because it gives you that dopamine response. Yes. And so it get, so it gives you a cynical um, neurochemical reaction as if you, as if you want a bodybuilding championship, that's, that's an extreme, but it's, but, but any, any time that you accomplish something, I mean, for me, it's publishing a podcast, bam, dopamine hit. I love publishing podcasts. It's like, I, you know, I pour, I pour my life into this show, man. Um, yeah. when, 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 one of my, when, one of my athletes checks in and has something positive to say, bam, that's a dopamine hit. Um, and so when you, so when you, so when, so when, so when you start looking at food as your answer for that, that's a huge problem because not, because now you're eating foods that are going to strip your body of nutrients and it's going to, and they're highly addictive. Um, your body doesn't have the nutrients that it needs anymore. And so it's looking for more food and for more dopamine and for more nutrition. And it's just never satisfied. Yep. Never satisfied. And it leads to this cascade of events that are detrimental because now we're consuming foods that are high in carbohydrate, even though we, we may think our cereal or bread, pasta, right, whatever it may be is good for us, our grains. Um, what happens is that it leads to insulin resistance. Uh, and this is inevitable over time. So if you consume excess sugar, carbohydrate, you, you will develop some form of insulin resistance over time. Now, the issue with this is, is that it, it creates more ACE2 receptors. So when we look at viruses and infections, um, these need to bind to a receptor site within the body. Um, and, you know, it, in particular to, to some viruses and infections, it, it, it could be different receptors, but the ACE2 receptor is, is, is a common one. Um, we all have these receptors within the body, but what happens is when we become insulin resistant, the body creates more of them. So what this means is now, um, you know, we are, uh, when we are more susceptible to a virus or you know, around people who suffer with viruses and infections, we're now more susceptible because we're giving this virus more docking stations to bind to. Um, so now we've become ill because we've created more of these receptors within the body. Um, the body sequesters iron. So what it does when we um, when we become ill, um, the body sequesters iron uh, in, as, a, as, as ferritin. It pulls it into ferritin stores to take it out to circulation because pathogens uh, love iron. So whenever we get a virus, a pathogen, um, they thrive on iron. So the body sequesters it in order to, to kill or to fight off the, this, um, this virus. The issue with this is, as I said earlier, the catecholaminergic neurotransmitters within the brain require iron in order as a cofactor in order to create these neurotransmitters. So now we can't mm -hmm. create these neurotransmitters. So now we've got a virus or, you know, a, a, some sort of illness. Um, the body has sequestered this iron, which makes us more ill because, or more depressed because we cannot no longer fight off this, this virus because our Iron that we are consuming from our diet is no longer bioavailable to create these neurotransmitters. So now the neurotransmitters are blocked. Now we feel depressed and sad, and then we eat more crap. And then it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's this vicious cycle, the downward spiral that prevents the body from, from being able to heal and repair. So the, the, you know, the answer to this is that um, you know, we, need to, we need to remove the foods that are causing these problems. So this is the foods that are blocking the absorption, these lectins, these phytic acids. Um, we need to take them out. We need to eat uh, more uh, animal proteins, more nutrient-dense animal proteins that contain these cofactors, 
these, you know, uh, the, the magnesium, the iron, the vitamin B12, um, uh, you know, v- various others that we mentioned. And now the body can create these neurotransmitters. And now we don't feel as depressed. Now we're happy. And now the body is, is able to fight off viruses, infections. Because another thing that, that occurs through excess carbohydrate consumption is something called glycation. So this is when cells, if you like, become sticky. Um, the glucose molecules will bind to cells and cause them to, to glycate, to become, to become sticky. And this causes um, advanced glycation end products, uh, which cause havoc within the body. And this leads us to becoming unwell as well and, and, and sick and unhealthy. So it's this massive um, cycle, if you like, of, of ill health, which stems from the foods that we eat. So when we remove these offending foods, we feel better, we feel healthier, we, we improve its insulin resistance, we reverse the glycation, and now the neurotransmitters in the brain are able to be produced um, from the foods that we are eating. And it is as simple as that, even to the point that um, Alzheimer's and dementia is 99% preventable because Alzheimer's and dementia is brought on through the foods that we eat they are caused by the same mechanisms, particularly this insulin resistance and stuff in the brain. Um, you know, th- there, are, there are other f- uh, factors involved with, um, with, with the insulin resistance and stuff in the brain, but it, it all comes down to, to the foods that we eat in. Um, in terms of, you know, Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer's is affected by something called uh, the glutaminergic neurons, which need rapid energy from glucose, which the body creates. Um, so we don't need to consume oral glucose. The body will create it. But um, the nerve cells can only use glucose for energy because they don't have mitochondria. And we only, uh, only mitochondria can use uh, ketones for energy. Now, glucose passes into the brain through the GLUT1 transporter. And more cells use the GLUT3 transporter, uh, both of which... Uh, are insulin independent means that they do not need insulin, but the hippocampus only uses the GLUT4 transporter, which is insulin dependent, which means the hippocampus requires insulin. Now, the issue with this is in a situation of insulin resistance, we flood the brain, the blood brain barrier with insulin over time, causing the receptors to downregulate, meaning the brain can literally be swimming in a sea of glucose, but it's unable to utilize it for energy. Um, and this this is the start of of, of, of Alzheimer's and, and and Parkinson's and uh, and dementia. Uh, it all wow. comes down to the foods that we are eating, causing this this insulin resistance, this glycation, and the body's ability to to block, um, you know these 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 pathways, these processes, this glutamatecholaminergic uh, uh, neurotransmitter synthesis within the brain. Uh, and in the case of Alzheimer's, it's it's homocysteine, uh, which is an amino acid. Vitamin B12 and 6 and 4, it break down homocysteine to create other chemicals that the body needs, such as uh, methionine. Um, but high homocysteine levels can lead to a, a vitamin deficiency um, and without treatment can lead to you know, an increased risk of dementia and, and uh, heart disease and stroke. Um, and again, so we need vitamin B12, we need vitamin B6. So vitamin B12 is cobalamin, vitamin B6 is pyridoxine and folate B9. We need these from our diet. And when we co-consume these foods from a vegan or vegetarian style diet, we block the absorption of, 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 of these nutrients. And in, in the case of cobalamin, as I said earlier, we can only get it from, from animal proteins. You cannot get cobalamin through, uh, through, through plants. 
yes, you can supplement, but why should you have to supplement? The fact that you need to supplement means that something isn't right. Um, pyridoxine <laughs> is very low. Exactly. You know, it, it's uh, that should that should give us pause for thought, really. You know, th this lifestyle that we are told is is incredibly healthy. This vegan, vegetarian type lifestyle. This is why vegans and vegetarians have a higher rate of depression and anxiety and a higher rate of uh, of suicide. Um, believe it or not, so it um, it comes down to the foods that we are eating. So this is why <coughs> living our lifestyle makes us feel good. It makes us feel happy. It gives us loads of energy, and it does. It affects the way that our brains function. And this this is why I believe that I've you know I've managed to to reverse my um, my depression and anxiety uh, is through these mechanisms. And when you understand that it's the food that we eat that is blocking our body's ability to create these neurotransmitters, then now you can make these conscious decisions. You can make these educated decisions on a daily basis. And you can say, well, do you know what? I'm not going to eat my toast or cereal today. I'm not going to eat my bread, pasta or rice. Um, I'm going to have a piece of steak without potato <laughs> or, or whatever else, you know, <laughs> it's, um, but being armed with the knowledge enables you to make that educated decision. And this is what I try to do with the people that I work with, my clients, my customers, I educate them so they can make these decisions themselves because, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know we, we had a conversation just before we came on, you know, I've, I've got a coffee, which is now empty. Um, I, I don't drink I know. coffee how, every day. How, how, how dare you? I'm drinking creatine <laughs> that has sucrose in it. <gasps> sacked. Sacked. So, yeah. you know, it. but we understand that these things are causing issues. But today, we are making that educated decision to consume that product or, or that supplement because, you know, we understand what it's causing. Now, in, in terms of coffee... It's not just the caffeine which affects. So caffeine is something else that can affect depression and anxiety as well because it alters something called the um, the GABA to glutamate uh, ratio. Um, and one is is an excitatory part of the brain, and the other is is the, the the calming the calming part. And that's what caffeine does is is it increases this this uh, this ratio negatively, which leads mm -hmm. to uh, you know, anxiety. It blocks the adenosine receptors in the brain. Um, which can downregulate the, you know, the body's ability to cope with with with, uh, with, with the caffeine, and it, it it doesn't give you energy. It blocks the it it makes us feel that we're not tired, even though that we are. So it doesn't give you energy. It just takes away the perception of us wow. being tired. So, so that's what, so that's why, like after you've already had three hundred milligrams before a workout, this is what I used to do. I I'm, I'm four months caffeine sober now, <laughs> uh, but and that, and that's. And I don't recommend that everybody cuts caffeine out of their diet permanently for, for those for those that we're training, um, because if you're having a cup or two of coffee a day, that's your you're, the, the damage that you're causing is, is minimal compared to uh, a lot of the pre-workouts that'll have 500 milligrams plus. And it's not just the caffeine, but they're loaded with a whole bunch of other stimulants, too. But that makes a lot of sense now as to why it would kill your appetite but not in a good way like you don't you don't like you're 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 not hungry but it's because you kind of feel sick and when and when you consume too much caffeine it, it doesn't it doesn't give you more energy it makes you more tired and then you're screwed because then all you can do is wait it out you're just going to feel like crap for the next four or five hours <laughs> at some point you know the you've got the pipe has got to be paid um yeah you know we you don't know, pay him today or tomorrow at some point you know you've got to pay the price 
Um, and I understand that. Now, I've I've got a, an incredibly tough sort of week or two um, that I've been going through in regards to work and, and things. Um, so this has been helping me borrow tomorrow's energy today, if you like. Uh, but I'm also conscious that when I get to the end of that road, I'm going to crash and burn. But it, it's I'm using it as a tool, but I understand you know, how it's affecting me. There are benefits to, to, to taking caffeine because it is a fat mobilizer. If you take caffeine before you train, it will allow you to burn more fat. Um, but too much caffeine, too much caffeine will, will cause uh, damage to the adrenals and increase cortisol. And increased cortisol will cause fat storage. So it's not a case of more is best. There is a happy medium in regards <laughs> to, to using caffeine. Um, but it's not just the caffeine in coffee. Uh, it's a compound called acrylamide, which leads to inflammation and can cause cancer. Um, acrylamide is in all coffee, uh, whether it's decaf or not. So, But again, a, 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 this acrylamide is accumulative, and I understand that. So I understand that I have to drink you know, loads of coffee every day for it to build up to cause a problem. If I'm having one now and again, it's not going to cause an issue, and I'm happy to, 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 mm -hmm. you know, to take that. But it's again, it's understanding the, the effect and and, uh, and and implications of of consuming you know th those foods. But it's not to say you can never eat any of these foods again. You know, if you, if if one day you want to go out and have an ice cream, then that's fine. You know, it's it's all about the rule. Excuse me, and not the exception. If you were living healthy, mm -hmm. thirty days out of a month, that little bit of ice cream isn't going to cause you know a massive issue within your body once you once you get this healed now do i eat ice cream no not really but i'm just using it as an example um you know it, it's it's okay but to fall off for, the wagon yeah thanks thanks for addressing that too because yes. we're we, 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 we don't want to sound like we're holier than thou right and, the, and like we and like we never break any of these rules like i don't consume carbohydrates because i can't handle it it's 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 like it's, it's like being an alcoholic. Like if I'm if I if I'm gonna have a if I'm gonna have a donut, I'm gonna sell out the entire I'm gonna sell out the entire factory, right? Um, there's 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 people that they're, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that you're probably like me too. Um, then you then you have like people like in the rest of my family that can eat a cookie and stop. I'm like, how do you eat one cookie? How is that even possible? Like it's it's either it's either no cookies or the entire or the entire box. And so for me, yeah, cheat days are ketogenic ice cream every Friday with a protein bar um, for that reason too. It gives me something to look forward to. And it helps a lot of our clients um, stick up, stick with their, stick with their meal plans long-term too, because we got to look at what's realistic. You know, we, 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 we live sustainable. in a, correct. Yeah. We, 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 we live in, we live in a world where cake and pies and stuff is part of our culture, man. You know, and if you, if you take that out of someone's life, like it could, their life could their life could fall apart, <laughs> and so I think as um, as coaches we need to be sensitive to that too. And that that's exactly why you're coming back, circling back to something that we we mentioned off air, you know, just before we came on. Yeah, let's um, let's let's dive more into that. Actually, I think that would be great for our listeners. Perfect. So look, I, I'm I I am a strict carnivore. Um, I don't drink coffee very often, and to be honest. If that's all I've got to worry about, then I don't have an awful lot to worry about. But generally, you know, I am I am incredibly strict. Um, I would regard myself as being one of the strictest carnivores on the planet, um, with the exception of Dr. Chafee. Dr. Anthony Chafee, I believe, is is the strictest carnivore that I know. Um, and I take my hat off to him for that. He doesn't drink coffee because it causes serious inflammation within his body. Um, so he can't get away with that. It, it doesn't cause inflammation in my body unless I drink it excessively. So I've got a little mm -hmm. bit more leeway there, but coffee mm -hmm. is, is, you know, that's, that's my, 
my, my little thing now and again. But coming back to what you said, it's we live in a society that's full of chocolate treats, cakes and, and cookies and breads and rices and all this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. even though I live a strict lifestyle, I didn't wake up yesterday being a strict carnivore. I began low carb. Then I gravitated into dirty keto, then clean keto, you know, and it, it, it was a progressive, an incremental journey that led me down to become carnivore, which was roughly four years ago. But even then, I was probably more animal based over carnivore, um, you know, strict carnivore. And now I've gravitated into a more stricter lifestyle. But I'm conscious that not everybody wants to live our lifestyle. Not everybody can make mm-hmm. such a, a drastic step. Yes, mm-hmm. to, to you and I. Eating steak every day is fantastic. And I would never go back now, you know. But to yeah, somebody else, you know, to somebody else, that's such a big step. So we've got a so what I do with Keto Pro is I cater for everybody within within the low carb ketogenic community. Um, you know, I produce breads and pastas and and um wraps and cakes, uh, all sorts of stuff that that are low carb and are there for the low carb community. All you know, with varying degrees of strictness, if you like, from being low carb up to strict keto and then on to being strict carnivore. Um, but I help and work with anyone who, who wants my help, you know, regardless of where they are on their journey, because, you know, I've I've tried doing that strict approach and it seems too much of a big step for most people. These incremental changes work best. And um, what I've noticed recently is a lot of animosity within the Facebook and social media groups where somebody will post a meal that contains something that isn't carnivore or keto, and everybody will jump on that person's back. Um, God forbid. How dare you? You're a disgrace to the carnivore community. That's not oh. keto. That's what you do. You know, and it's like... Yeah, li- what, what li- you- lions and dogs and cats aren't even looking at you the same anymore. They're like, come on, bro. <laughs> and what I find is that that person has just... T- you know, they've taken a big step to come onto, the, onto my Facebook group, for example... Um, taking a lot of guts to post a picture of their meal and they're looking for support. And then what they get is 10 people putting negative comments on. That person leaves my group, throws the towel in and goes back to being incredibly unfit and unhealthy. We need to nurture these people, support them. What, you know, what you've done is fantastic, brilliant. You know, keep keep it up, excellent work. Um, or by the way, Maybe the source you're using, maybe you could swap it for this one because it does this, or, or maybe you could swap this out for that. Everybody's on their own journey, and we need to support them on that journey. We shouldn't criticize people for putting something in that we deem not to be ketogenic because all foods are ketogenic. You know, people will say that's not ketogenic. Ketosis is a metabolic state, it doesn't matter what you eat, it's whether what you eat causes or elicits an insulin response that's going to pull you from a ketogenic state. Now, I'm not saying everything is healthy. There are foods out there that I will tell you are detrimental to your health. Um, But if reducing them is what it takes you to gravitate into a healthier lifestyle in order to reduce your carbohydrate, to reduce your lectin content, then that is what you need to do. If you need to have a treat now and again to, to maintain the journey predominantly, that is what you need to do because this is all about the rule and not the exception. If you need to have, and I don't call it a cheat day, I call it um, a, a mental reset day. So if you, if you were craving a Burger King or you know whatever, whatever it may be, you know whatever your 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 go to is, um, if you were craving that, um, then pick a day, say three weeks next Wednesday, 
right, that's the day I'm going to treat myself to this thing that I've been, and do it. Go and have that meal, indulge, yeah. do whatever you want. And the next day, you jump back on the wagon. Yes, it's, there's going to be detrimental impacts from eating that food that are going to slow down your progress. But you've just reset yourself mentally. You've given yourself, instead of binging, instead of going out and being uncontrollably binging on that food, you've told yourself this has been booked into your diary as the day that you were going to have that food, whatever it may be, and you've had that food on that day. And now you've reset your body, reset your mind, and now you get back on it. That one day isn't going to stop, you know, all of the good work that you've put in. And that's important to remember because if you fall off the wagon, it isn't game over. Pick yourself back up. Write that day off. Do, do as you say. Smash that buddy box of cookies or whatever. Do whatever you got to do. And I'm not saying that's healthy, by the way. But you do what you've got to do to get you back on the wagon the next day and back on eating as clean and as healthy as you can. Because, again, it's all about the rule and not the exception. We're all entitled to eat a little bit of crap now and again, should we wish to do so. Um, we're all human. None of us are perfect. Um, we all have these mental reset days, you know, unless you're Dr. Chafee, who's um, <laughs> fair play to him. He's, he's the, the guy's a pretty superman. Um, uh, he, he is, I think, the Seriously. world's strictest. He's, he's, an, he's, yeah. an inspir he's an inspiration to all of us, man. <laughs> you know, but I would, it's... I would Add, I would add Bart K to that list too, but 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 I think he eats potato chips from time to time, right? That's his thing. So. But but, but the, so there there it is. You know, everybody has these times. And Bart was uh, on my podcast recently, and I asked him what what he, he eats, and he said he does have five or ten days now and again. I believe it was where he will eat a lot of crap and and do whatever he wants. You know, but the difference is we've healed our gut, and when you get to that point, you can afford to to do these things. Yeah. Uh, Sean Baker, I, you know, I believe eats birthday cake on his birthday, you know, so it's even the elitists, you know, we're all only human. So it, you know, my, my point to this is you don't have mm -hmm. to be perfect all the time. Just aim to be as close to perfect as you can most of the time um, and go for the foods that are going to impact you the least. You know, if it involves having a keto bar or some, you know, some fake pasta, you know, whatever it might be, a keto cake or, you know, the, the, the keto breads and wraps or whatever it may be. If, if that's what you need to, to carry you through tomorrow or, you know, to take you on to the next part of your journey, then all of those things are okay as long as you understand that they are not optimal and there is further progression to come. But it's up to you to, to, to make these progressive movements in your own time. Don't let anybody else rush you. You've got to be um, you've got to run this at your own pace. It's got to be sustainable because that is the key. It's got to be sustainable. If you cannot sustain mm -hmm. something, then you're doomed for failure. hundred percent. I love your advice on that. And I, and I would add to that, that having an accountability partner too is, is particularly helpful. So like what we'll do, um, with it, within our superset community is on, is, is on Fridays. I will actually text my own clients and say, Hey, it's ice cream day for me. I'm a human being just like all of you guys. I'm texting you so that I stay accountable to this. Here's what I'm eating. And I shoot him a picture of it before I eat it. And then um, and, and then eventually, you know, people aren't dumb. They can tell, hmm, wow, three, three days later, 
are you sure you're not still eating like a bunch of those things? <laughs> um, that so ha having accountability and then having some sort of uh, and then having some sort of uh, a, a plan or a hack to zap your appetite if you know you're eating sugar and something that's just going to make you be a bottomless pit. So like if I'm so if I'm going to eat so if I'm going to indulge in ice cream or if I'm going to indulge in something that I know is going to ramp up my appetite because it's not something that I'm used to eating, um, I'll even I'll, I'll I'll have a tea or like a sparkling water that has the, like with a little bit of lemon flavor or just, or just something, or even, or even just some, or even just like a handful of ground beef. Um, and then it, and then it gets whatever, whatever was in that food that was ramping up my appetite to begin with to kind of settle down. And then I feel better after that. Oh, go on. I think there's a bit of a time delay, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So it, um, you know, coming back to that, some of the foods that we eat, the foods that contain lectins will block satiety signaling. They'll block leptin. So, you you know, that's an important point as well. If you are craving certain foods, there are some things that you can do to negate this. I mean, stay, staying hydrated is, is really important. Um, electrolytes, that's why I consume electrolytes. Uh, and that's a product that I make. Mm -hmm. um, a question that I get asked quite often is, well, why are you supplementing with an electrolytes if this is the perfect diet? Well, I don't eat, uh, I don't drink an awful lot of bone broth. Um, I don't have time to boil my bones. So, you know, uh, and salt in your meals is fantastic, but I do supplement with the electrolytes that I make because that keeps me at an optimal level. And that's what we would have done as we were evolving is we would have, we would have used everything within that animal, the bones, and we would have created bone broth. We would have stored our meat on rocks. Uh, we would have been drinking puddle water. Um, so we would have getting lots of salts. So salts are important. That can block satiety signaling. Uh, oh, sorry, help with um, satiety. Um we can consume foods that will activate something called cholecystokinin. Um, these are foods like uh, omega-3s, so fatty fish, um, saturated fats. So as you said, with the ground beef or eggs, that will help satiety signaling. Mm -hmm. We can go out in the sun because the sun um, stimulates something called MSH, melanocyte-stimulating hormone. This also has been shown to help uh, combat um, food cravings. You can supplement with glutamine. Um, wow. That will help block sugar cravings. So all of these are little tricks that you can do. Um, MCT oils and powders, you can put that in your coffee. Uh, coconut oil, butter, uh, exogenous ketones. Um, you know, those are my tricks. My go-to is the ketones. Uh, I pop that in my coffee with some MCT powder, um, and that blocks satiety. It, it just shuts down in any form of hunger. Um, but there's a few tricks there. You know, you can you can implement a lot of a lot of different things to help combat those cravings. Um, yeah, so choose whichever one of those or a combination that's going to help, um, because you yeah we need to block those those craving signals. And again, it comes back to that dopamine, that dopamine fix. We're fueling that you know, so we need to get back to creating those those neurotransmitters as soon as we can, in order to get our neurotransmitters firing on all cylinders and i think that is that that for me is the takeaway for for the podcast um you know the, the recording is we've got to create these neurotransmitters through eating real food and avoiding the foods that are blocking uh, the body's ability to do so and as a side note i don't know if uh, if you'll thank me for this or not later but there's um you know, we've mentioned a few foods that contain lectins and phytic acid and things like um, breads, pastas, rice and things. A little side note, a little tip. Um, if you are going to put carbohydrate in, 
my preferred source of carbohydrate is white rice because white rice is lectin-free. So if you are going to put a little bit of carbohydrate in for whatever reason, then I would rather you do it through white rice than potato because potato still contains lectins and um, white rice is, is the, I believe to be one of the best, better sources of, of, of carbohydrate. Um, I'm not telling you to put that in. If you don't want it, don't put it in obviously, but um, that is probably one of the better sources over any other form of, of carbohydrate, in my opinion, at least. Absolutely. For those that are listening to, um, if you have not heard our conversation on Carnivore Coaches Corner, we actually took a deep dive into the Keto Pro, uh, the keto pro Fuel by Fat, um, Exogenous Ketones, and Exogenous um, uh, Electrolytes. And both, both of those are... The, this is probably the single best electrolyte supplement I've ever seen. Uh, most electrolytes, correct me if I'm wrong, are too heavily loaded in sodium, which can deplete your potassium uh, intake. Correct. So yours is so 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 yours has a very very hefty dose and um, a bit more reasonable dose of sodium compared to other. Um, I'm not going to say any names. But basically, there's like two or three. <laughs> basically, there's like two or three leading, uh, le le leading electrolyte supplements that all my clients are hooked on. I'm not a huge fan of them. I just use Celtic sea salt, uh, the pink potassium cave salt, because it's got a one to one sodium to potassium ratio. So that's been my electrolyte, um, uh, I guess, solution there. But yeah, keep, uh, it's called theketopro.com, guys. Um, go go check go, go check out these supplements that he's talking about that and the exogenous ketones is also something else that i'm uh, curious about experiment experimenting with with myself personally i've never tried it before and i said in the last Brilliant. episode i was going to send you bits and i have not sent them yet so i need to get my butt into gear and send you those but it's um i'm in the middle of moving facilities um so Dude, I was gonna, got, I got to get my butt in the gear too. I was going to send you something. We need to actually exchange physical addresses after this. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Both as bad as each other. But yeah, we're, we're both busy guys. Um, yeah. We'll get to it. So yeah, we, I'm in the middle of moving facilities. I've currently got three facilities on the go at the moment. Um, wow. And it's, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. So lots going on and I'll be in a, a far better position next week, hopefully. But yeah. It's uh, for, for any of the, the listeners that do visit the website, you know, please don't shoot me, you know, when you visit the website, I stock a wide range of stuff that uh, from low carb up to from, you know, dirty keto all the way up to strict carnivore. Um, the keto pro approved mm -hmm. stuff is the creme de la creme. Everything else is what I would call <clears throat> keto friendly or low carb, because as I say, I work with everybody within the low carb, you know, and keto friendly community as well. And I, and I service all, all, all areas. Some products are better than others. Um, but it depends on who you are and where you are in your journey. So don't shoot me if you see a product on there that you don't agree with, or even I don't agree with, they are there for a purpose to help others who are not as far, uh, far, far down their journey as, as you and I are. Um, but through yeah. education, we will, we will get them there. You know, we, we can, educate them and they can make these decisions on a daily basis and hopefully we can get them to be strict uh, keto or even carnivore one day perhaps but if they are comfortable where they are and they're reaping the benefits then you know so be it but it's um there's improvement to be had 
at any point down the journey. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to get that in there before somebody sends me an email. <laughs> Nasty. Email. Or, 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 or shoots you even, even worse or than shoot. that. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please don't shoot Richard Smith guys. And if, and if you do, I'm shooting please you. Don't. Okay. So. <laughs> Love it. Um, it, it, yeah, no, they, they, they know the drill. Same thing applies to our website too. It's like, we, we have, we have, we have things where it's like, okay, no, if you're on a meal plan, non-competition prep, like don't be buying this stuff, man. Don't be buying my protein powder or my protein bars. Like that'll kill your prep. But if you're someone that is, um, that is, uh, that is otherwise nailing your diet, you don't have a photo shoot coming up or anything. And, and it's like, Hey, you like, you, you want something to look forward to. That's going to be a healthier option than what you've been eating before to be able to splurge here and there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can you can make a, pro, a protein bar taste like a pastry or or, or, a keto, or a ketogenic bar. And I've been on your your website a lot lately, and uh, I mean everything on there looks 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 great looks great to me. It's like you can necessarily go go wrong with buying anything, but yeah, no, I love I love I love how you say that. This is this is what I respect about you so much, bro. Is that like you'll you'll talk somebody out of buying something if you if you if you know them and you know that that's gonna take them uh, further backward on their health journey. Um, but, you, but, but, yeah. and, and, and you, and you know that you could sell someone, um, you, you could, you could, you could sell someone a ketogenic this or that, or a ketogenic supplement that maybe they don't, that maybe they don't even need. Um, and that's probably why you have the reputation that you do is because people trust you. They know that you care about them as a person, their overall health. And these things that we have on the website, it's a convenient way to support the show. Um, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a way, it's a way to be able to give back, but we're not saying that anything that all the products that we stand behind are perfect for every single person in every single in every every single scenario appreciate that yeah really kind and totally agree cool has has nutrition itself been the main contributing factor or has intermittent fasting also played a key role in achieving a peaceful focused state of mind yeah, so look, fasting is an incredible tool. Um, fasting will put you into a state of autophagy, but the benefits of autophagy can be elicited by just living a ketogenic lifestyle because that's what being ketogenic is, i.e. carnivore, it's the same metabolic state. We elicit the same responses, so the body will still benefit from autophagy, mitophagy, brown fat activation, and lipolysis, even without mm -hmm. fasting because that's what being keto is. It's, it's, um, it's fasting mimicking, if you like, because we're not eliciting that insulin response. The body is, you know, thinks it's constantly in that state. Um, so you don't have to fast. Um, I, I, so people, people ask me every day, do you fast? And my answer is no, but technically I do. And what I mean, what I mean by that, because <laughs> you don't do it on the, purpose, but 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 you just kind of fall into it. <laughs> exactly. I do yeah. not. I don't wake up saying, right, this is my fasting window. This is my eating window. I wake up if I'm hungry, I'll eat. If I'm not hungry, I don't. I eat when I'm hungry. If I'm not hungry, I don't eat. It just so happens that I'm not hungry most of the time, and when I do come around to eating, then it has been you know, 16, 18, 20 hours since I ate previously. So, you know, is, is that fasting? Well, technically, yes, um, but I'm not forcing a fast. I'm eating intuitively. And I think eating intuitively is more important than forcing a fasted state. Because if you force a fasted state and you're not ready for it, it can drive up hunger signaling uh, and it can lead you to binging and it can lead you to eating the wrong foods. Um, so eat intuitively, just 
practice on building up the you know the foods that you're eating to, to complement a ketogenic carnivore type lifestyle uh, whatever it is that you're deciding to do um just heavily negating the foods that you know are, are not serving you um and eat intuitively and you will find that by eating intuitively that all of these benefits will come naturally you'll end up fasting naturally without even trying um so yeah you know autophagy and fasting I, I think has attributed it but again just to circle back to what we said in regards to the you know the neurotransmitters this uh, catecholaminergic neurotransmitter synthesis it's the foods that we eat or more importantly the foods that we're not eating um because we're not blocking then our body's ability to create these neurotransmitters and in there lies the key to, to combating um you know this this depression this anxiety um and that that has been the biggest yeah. contributing factor. Fasting certainly helps, and it does it, it does elicit you know lots of benefits. Um, just eat intuitively. Eat, eat when you're hungry. It's uh, and and that's I think the best advice that I can give. Wonderful. Do you use non-nutrition related rituals such as meditation, deep breathing, prayer, sex, or punching kittens? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so I've um, I, I I've I've tried meditation a few times, uh, guided meditation. So I'll go onto YouTube and I'll play like guided meditation. Um, quite often, uh, if I'm struggling with sleep, I'll go on and I look for high frequency meditation and I listen to that. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of science to back this up as well. You know, whether it, I haven't looked into the, the clinical trials and research papers in regards to, to how deep the benefit is, as I would with nutrition. Um, but what I have seen does seem convincing, and it does seem to work for me. Um, the meditation, certainly breathing, um, exercises, definitely. Um, and, and training, you know, since I've been doing this running and cycling, uh, I'm a thinker. My brain, you know, we, we had this conversation before we came on air. My brain works overtime. And I do not stop thinking, especially when I go to bed. My mind works overtime, and it's absolutely debilitating. The one time that I do not think about anything whatsoever other than what I am doing is when I am fighting for my life running <laughs> or cycling. So if I'm if I am running, you know, like in a race, or I'm running in a, with a group of people, and I'm giving everything I've got. All I'm thinking about is taking my next breath and not keeling over. Um, you know, then that is when I, I think we, I think, and, we and I, I think we talked on this on kind of our coaches corner too, right? About how like that's kind of the reason both of us got into running is 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 for mental health. Like if you if if if, if you're one of those people like you, like like you and me, it's like man, we're like like we're sold out to this lifestyle, man. Like this is this is what we do. This is what we live, eat, sleep, breathe. No no pun no pun intended. But sometimes to stop thinking about work and, uh, and, and, as, and as a content creator, everything that you have going on, just escaping for an hour and going for a long run. And it's just you and God and 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 the and the and the and nature. <laughs> um, it's therapeutic. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it, it does make you feel good. Um, you know, th there's a thing in running called the runner's high. Um, and yeah. Uh, I, I believe that that is to do with the production of ketones within the body because runners who are carbs who do a long run will 
end up burning and creating, you know, burning fat and creating ketones, whether they're ketogenic or not. And they oh, yeah. feel that euphoria after. And I and I believe it's to do with reaching that level of, of ketone production. Um, you know, which which we 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 have con- you know constantly because we're in ketosis um, you know, all of the time, or at least most of the time. But running certainly makes me feel good and it it blocks out everything. I went out on the bike recently with a guy who's ranked 48 in the UK in Ironman. He's uh, currently on his way to um compete in the world championships. So he's an incredible athlete. I went wow. I went um out with him on the bike uh recently and he is an incredibly strong athlete and I was fighting for my life to keep up with him and I didn't think about anything else there was nothing else I could think about because all of my energies were spent on sticking on his back wheel or keeping him in sight and um I was dead to the world after but I felt amazing so you know all of these wow. things will contribute to you make you know to, to you feeling better even going for a walk go for a walk Get, get out, get some fresh air, get into the countryside, um, ground in. You know, I, I think there's there's a lot in that. And I think that um, um, environmental homesis, like cold water dipping and, you know, red light therapy, you know, I think there's merit in those things as well. Um, what I don't believe in is molecular homesis. And by that, I mean consuming foods that are meant to be antioxidants turmeric you know being one of them you know these foods that are antioxidants and not antioxidants and we can we can speak about this another time i think but it's um they are in fact pro-oxidants and they activate something called the nrf2 pathway which is an oxidative stress pathway but that's a, a science lesson for another day i think but do it naturally cold water dip in meditation uh, all of these things are fantastic tools and what i find is that when you gravitate into our lifestyle you start to look beyond nutrition and that's where it, you yeah. know, we begin to look at training. We begin to look at other factors, the toothpaste we, you, you, know, you, we you notice that, that, yeah, like pretty much all carnivores that I know that are 90% or, or, or more strict carnivore, they're always, they're, 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 they're big into grounding. They're big into getting sunlight. They're big into in cold plunges and ice baths. I'm doing at least one, if not two ice baths a day. And, and it's just like, it's, I love it. I, I really love it. <laughs> I, I love how I feel when, when I'm done. It's, um, oh, I, 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 I believe that it releases a lot of the same uh, neurochemical, um, it, it, that, that it, it, causes, it causes a lot of the same things to happen. I'm not a scientist, obviously, you can tell, but it causes a lot of the same things to happen in your brain from what I understand as when you take like drugs, is when you take like as, as, as if, as, as if you're on cocaine or heroin or something, I mean, like, like you just feel great when you're done. I wouldn't know, obviously I'm too clean cut for that, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, 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 but I, but I just feel great after an ice bath. Like my body is just radiating heat for the next hour. And it's kind of a euphoric feeling what it does to your mental clarity too. Um, a cold shower right before like an important podcast like this or something too. It just, it just helps me get focused and get in the game. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, it goes well beyond diet. You know, even even in regards to what you put on your skin. You know, I'm I'm careful. If uh, the general rule of thumb is, if yeah. you won't put it in your mouth, then it doesn't go on your skin. If you're not going to eat it, then you shouldn't put it on your skin. Um, mm-hmm. And when you start to look at all the portions and lotions on the market for health and beauty and things that you know that I've been guilty of using, it's only when you begin to become further down that rabbit hole. You start to investigate and look into the ingredients within these portions and lotions and realize yep. that the, the toxic chemicals. Um, yeah, so it's, it still goes in your body, just not orally. <laughs> exactly. 
So, you know, tallow-based creams and things, you know, that, that's the type of stuff that I will use now. Yeah. I don't use deodorant anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't think I smell, but... <laughs> um, you know, the, I the, use... The, the, the tallow skincare that I use, it's got a little bit of peppermint oil in it, so don't shoot me for that. But <laughs> it's... Uh, but, but I've been... Uh, putting it on, putting it on my forehead, it's really helped clear up my acne that was that was caused by uh, that was actually caused by plant skincare products. Figured that out. So after switching over to the tallow based cream, um, uh, mainly because of what you said at Carnivorathon, that 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 threw me for a loop when you said that you use tallow for skincare. I was like, I never heard of such a thing, so I looked into it. Couldn't find some of my clients are into it. No, it's great. And, 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 it, yeah, and it actually smells really good. And I've been using it as deodorant too. I mean, like it. It works. It's great. It, it, it's, it's hair gel too. Like I just put it on my hands and use it for everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and coconut oil, I know that, you know, coconut oil comes from a coconut, but that's, um, you know, that's, that's better for, for toothpaste. Um, and as you, as you say, these, uh, tallow based prod products or animal based products are definitely better for, for skin based care. Um, yeah. So my yeah, dog just you do, won't you... stop licking my my dog won't stop licking my armpits. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shut up. I promise. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. But yeah, there's way it goes well beyond diet. But diet is the most important factor. I think that this takes up the majority of 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 um, health and well being, even well beyond you know training and and fitness. You can't out-train a bad diet. So nutrition is key. I right. work with people who don't do any training and they are fit and healthy. Um, yep. Nutrition's key. And then all of these things yep. fall into place after. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what I do. 100%. One more question, if I could, please. This is a, a personal one. So I'm going on a backpack trip here in a couple of weeks with my dad and my brother. And, uh, and and Zion, obviously, my Australian shepherd. So it's not going to be like anything too intense where we're going to be like doing a lot of climbing. Um, but when we, when we go, we, we, we go hard. And we're usually like, our, you know, our legs are jello when we're, when we're back by the end of a trip. We'll just be go gone for a couple of days. Uh, going to be using an external frame. We'll be in the Rocky Mountains here in, uh, in, Mon in Montana, United States. Um, but I'm just kind of curious as to what my diet should look like. <laughs> so, I was uh, so I was thinking, so I was thinking, Thinking of freeze drying some some beef, uh, bringing keto bricks, and then just um, making sure that my fishing game is on point. Perfect. Yeah. So you know, what would I take? Um, yeah, like you know, things like jerky are always good. You know, salami sticks, uh, cheese is always a good one. Um, mm -hmm. Eggs you could take because you could you could boil some of these before you go. You could cook some meats before you go. Um, you know, they last a couple of days in in a Tupperware jar or something. Um, but dried meats for sure. Um, keto brick, fantastic. Um, you know, the keto bars yeah. that we do, you know, I, I would take, um, cheese we do in, um, in like little biscuit type things. All it is is cheese, but it's been dried. So they're in packets and you, you eat them like crisps. And then there's other, other things that we do, which are, um, pork cracklings. So they're in packets, but it's just pork seasoned with so salt. Kind of, like, kind of like pork rinds then? Exactly. Pork rinds. That exactly it. In in, in like you know a, a chip packet, if you like, you know. Yeah, um, and and they're and they're super light. That's a great idea. Exactly, but keeps coming back to to, to the basics. It just comes back to, to the meats again, and that's what I would do ex exactly as you say, and, and make sure that's incentive, as you say, to get your uh, you know your fishing on point. So it's yep. uh, live off the land. 
Yeah. <laughs> Lot, lot, lots of butter too. Got to remember that one. We can but, uh, cook, yeah. cook everything in butter. Good stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and Keto Pro, mate? Brilliant. So the, the website for Keto Pro is theketopro.com. Um, there's lots of free recipes for the keto community on there. Uh, lots of videos and guides and things which are free. But most of the content is available on YouTube, which is uh, Keto hyphen pro if you search for keto hyphen pro you should find me on there on instagram i'm keto underscore pro um and again don't shoot me in the foot i do post content for the low carb community as well so it's not always strict um but i do post the links and and news things towards uh new youtube podcasts and releases that we've done uh also on instagram my personal one is richard underscore anthony underscore smith um i tend to post content on, on both profiles uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the personal one is more to do with the athletic side and things that I do personally, but it's, um, they both sort of coincide. Um, and I'm in the middle of setting up a mighty networks as well, which will be available shortly. Um, so keep an eye out for that. You can sign up to, you know, to the newsletter on the website. Um, and we let you know when that's like, it is live now, but there's nothing in there. We haven't been active in there, but we've, um, we will be going live in there regularly hopefully invite in special guests such as yourself on to part words of wisdom to the, to the, you know, the, 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 the community. Um, we're going to have people like, I'm going to ask Dr. Chafee if he would kindly come on board and, and part some words of wisdom. Uh, we've got um, Professor Kiltz is already on there. So he's, he's a member. Um, so fantastic and you know, brilliant person to have on board, but we're going to be po posting loads of content and information within that mighty networks um, and, you know, helping people, guiding them through their, uh, through their journey. They will be, it'll be free to join initially, I believe, but we're going to have paid content in there depending on specialized courses, but it will be going live in there and lots of, uh, lots of advice and things. Um, and I do uh, a live, as you know, once a week on um, uh, YouTube with Stephen Thomas we go live at 7 p.m. Uh, UK time uh, every Sunday, and we usually get guests. Or we get guests. Or we had uh, Robert Kiltz on last week. Um, so, you know, we're looking at inviting other guests, such as yourself and, and Jonathan and, and whoever else wants to come on to part two. You name the date, and I'm there. I'll be honored. Perfect. There we are. Sold. Fantastic. Uh, and Stephen, fantastic. You know, he's a fantastic carnivore f full of uh, advice. And that's what we do. We go live on there yeah. and that's free. So you just come on there. That's available on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's available on his as well. Um, if you missed the, the, the live, it's recorded and you can watch it back again. But we answer mm -hmm. uh, Q&A's live. We, we'll have a few speaking points, but we get lots of uh, people participate in asking questions, which we will answer then. And, and if we don't know the answer, you know, we find out and come back on, on the next show. But Super exciting. And um, yeah, that's it really for me. It's um, it's as easy as that. Wow. It's very, very clear by your generosity how much how much you care about every single person that's asking you questions about um, anything in the health and nutrition in, in, in the health and nutrition space. Um, I know that you do some free consultations too. Uh, I'm just gonna tell all of our listeners, guys, su support, support Richard and everything that he's doing. All right, he is. He sold his houses. I mean, he's sold out to this lifestyle, and he, 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 he. All of all of us are in this for this are, are, are in this for the same reason. We don't do this to make money. <laughs> we do this because we believe it's right, and we believe that it's we believe that it's changing people's lives. So, 
clearly it is. Thank you again so very much for your time, Richard. Um, God bless you and everything that you're doing. And um, whenever whenever we talk next, it's not going to be soon enough. So I'm looking forward to it, whether it's Carnivorathon or, what, or, or whatever. So thanks again Anytime, so much. For, Anytime. Yeah, you got it. All right. Well, we'll chat real soon. Yep. Well appreciated as always. Pleasure. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. If you found this helpful, please pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Our Apple Podcast Review of the Week is from Susie. What a great interview with Lauren Thomas, pro and head judge. I learned so much regarding the divisions and what a judge looks for. My plan is to compete in figure 2024 at the Open Natural, and I'm excited to be part of such a great team. Thank you, Colt, for having Lauren as your guest. With every interview and special guest, I always gain more knowledge for the sport. That was so sweet of you to say, Susie. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. Our star review of the week is from Michelle McElwain. The sickest prize I've ever won from my competition, Skullbell's Tri-Rope, heavy metal emoji. <laughs> She's referring to our deltoid desolator cable attachment that we handcraft here at our shop in Joliet, Montana, with no slip grip rubber skull handles, extra long rope so you can hit those triceps, lats, and rear deltoids more effectively than the imported ones at the gym. We are back in production after the move. To order, visit supersetyourlife.com. And when you place your order, be sure to tell us what color you want yours to look like or view photos from our gallery. You can also DM us on our personal Instagrams or our Skullbells Instagram with a description of what you want your cable attachment to look like. Swirly colors have been very popular lately. They're 65 US dollars plus shipping and handling. And as with all of our services, all purchases go towards supporting this podcast, which is the heartbeat of supersetyourlife.com and what keeps our athletes educated and motivated every week as they train for their own individual and health aesthetic goals. Congratulations again, Michelle, for your big win at the Open Natural. Colt and I were honored to be one of the official show sponsors, and I'm so glad that you liked your Deltoid Desolator. Listeners, if you haven't heard about her big win on episode 174, Colt interviewed Michelle where they discussed her training up through the Open Natural. Thanks, babe. Yeah, that was a super fun episode. Okay, client spotlight. This is Chrissy Bowman from LA. She is currently seven weeks out from her first bikini competition, which is going to be the NPC Tahoe show at Lake Tahoe, Nevada. She's looking absolutely stunning, having started her prep very lean already. Now with better ab definition, noticeable glute growth, getting stronger on those sumo deadlifts ever since we started working together. Chrissy is super active on Instagram too, so you can follow her there at Chrissy, just like it sounds, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-B-O-W underscore underscore. She was also on our podcast on episode 155, where she taught on all things postural therapy, as she is a postural therapist. And Coach Mark and I went over her meat-based diet, uh, meal plan, and workout split together. Chrissy is a hard worker and a brilliant coach herself. She will be back on our podcast and our YouTube channel very, very soon. Looking forward to that. All right, back to you, babe. we got a big announcement here. Ready, guys? Big celebration. If you're not subscribed to our nutrition podcast, Carnivore Coaches Corner, you're really missing out. Coach Colt and Mark Ennis are thrilled to announce they are ranked one, number 108 in the U.S. by Spotify and Nutrition Podcast. Number one, here we come. What a huge accomplishment. Colt and Mark collaborate weekly, diving deep into meat-based nutrition and advanced hypertrophy training, featuring guests such as Richard Smith. Next week, they're interviewing Danny Conway. Then they're recording a pole day special, having recently published a push day special and a leg day special. So you're covered with how we train on all muscle groups. 
If you're a fan of the low carb lifestyle or just getting into it, search Carnivore Coaches Corner on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts. And if your podcaster isn't on that list, tell us where you listen and we'll make sure to get Carnivore Coaches Corner wherever you're listening. Thanks again, everybody. Just one more time. We'll catch you on episode 178. And I'm going to leave you with our battle cry here at supersetyourlife.com, which is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Mm-hmm.